LLC, Limited Liability Company. Notice it's limited, not zero. It's not zero liability company. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the North Carolina Real Estate Show. I'm Tiffany Weber, a real estate attorney at Thomas & Weber in Mooresville, North Carolina, and soon to be Huntersville, North Carolina. And today I am joined by another attorney with the firm, Megan Anderson. Welcome back. Hello, hello. Um, you got great reviews last podcast, so I'm so excited that you agreed to join me again. Today, our topic is um, LLCs, limited liability companies. I'm wondering if you will talk to me a little bit about, like, what's the point of an LLC? Why do people get them? So it just it's a better protection for you as an individual going to into either business or creating something to protect your personal assets versus the business asset. Mm -hmm. So an LLC, once you create it correctly with the Secretary of State's office and have your, you know, articles of organization and all the paperwork to make sure it's correct, then you can start putting assets into it rather than putting them in your own name for then just as a protection down the road, people cannot come after your personal assets rather and it's just in the business name mm -hmm. yeah um that's that's really like the critical component you know llc limited liability company so notice it's limited not um zero it's not zero liability company but um, the idea is that okay if you have an llc and um your llc has assets and your llc say you're um uh, let's say you work on cars and someone does not like how you worked on their car, so they sue you. Well, instead of those people suing you, Joe Bob, they're going to sue Joe Bob LLC. And if they are successful, then they can only come after the assets of Joe Bob LLC, not Joe Bob the man. Correct. So um, that's kind of like everybody kind of talks about it like your shield, you know, your liability shield. Right. So just putting something between you, the individual, and what you own individually and the rest of the world when you're out there doing business or owning property. Now, the liability shield, I think about cases I had in litigation where the liability shield was eliminated because people didn't do what they were supposed to do with the LLC. Not to put you on the spot, but can you think of anything that would be like, how would you undo the shield? If you don't have separate accounts, if Joe Bob, Joe Bob, Joe Bob, <laughs> Joe Bob has one it. personal account, but he takes his LLC funds from it and his personal funds from it, that is just one account and the courts do not like that. Mm -hmm. They think you're commingling funds and you're, it's not a good um, paper trail for just the LLC. Mm -hmm. That could be one. That's probably the biggest one. Too. One hindrance that yeah. you have. Um, like don't buy your girlfriend's handbag for her birthday out of your LLC account. Right. Yeah. <laughs> no, don't, not your don't personal. Don't go buy your bag. boat out of your LLC account if you have nothing to do with boating. Yes, <laughs> exactly. It's not really a and it's not really a write-off if you don't have, you know, yeah, like if you can't <laughs> use it for your LLC purposes. <laughs> yes. The, the the case law kind of refers to that as like like the mere instrumentality rule if you're using an llc just as like another name for yourself i, I can i can't talk about the case but the kind of like generally the case that i'm thinking of that i was involved in this the defendant it would just when you would ask him like oh well um who bought this and he would say i did but yeah it was actually the llc so you'd be like what well, was it you or the llc he's like well they're the same thing 
Well, they're not. No, they're not. They cannot be. They, yeah. Yeah. They should not be. And if they are, then you have no, there's no point for you having the LLC. Right. Uh, so the mere instrumentality rule is kind of like, okay, well, if you're just using it as a different name for yourself and it's just you're trying to cover your tracks as an individual, then you don't really have an LLC. Right. So you've undone all of the the point of doing the filing in the first place. Right. Um, the protections are no longer there. Yeah. So there's there's no purpose in having it at that point. Right. So if you're going to go to the effort of setting it up and spending the money with the state and, you know, doing all of your filings, use it properly. <laughs> talk to me a little bit about S-Corp. You hear people talk about, I need to file an S-Corp. What is that? An S-Corp is just for tax purposes. It's just how the government differentiates your entity from, you know, a corporation or different. Fi- it's mainly just for tax purposes. Mm-hmm. So with an S-Corp, you can file it under an LLC or a corporation, depending on how that entity, how you've decided to do your taxes. Mm-hmm. If you have an S-Corp, you have a tax election, not right. an entity. Now, Christopher, who is like, should we call him a producer? I don't know what the right word is there. He's the the content extraordinaire. He sent some questions here that I think are pretty good. So what is the advantage of buying property with an LLC if lenders will require a personal guarantee? I think people are like, well, if I have to sign a guarantee, then what's the point? So normally, if you're buying a house, you buy it with your husband and wife. It's, you know, under your individual names. Your individual credit is making sure, backing the loan to make sure you're, you know, going to pay back the loan. When you buy under an LLC, the everything gets put under the LLC, one, as a benefit to help the LLC build credit, but then some lenders do require you to personally back the LLC. Just if the LLC is very new or it doesn't have a lot of credit history, they just require an individual signer. Obviously, if you are the member manager of your LLC, you can do it as an individual as well. They'll put both of you on the loan docs. Not just backs the LLC personally giving the creditor more insurance that it's going to be paid back. Mm -hmm. If it's under you individually and your LLC, that just gives them confidence that you can pay it back for Mm -hmm. the LLC. Yeah. I mean, I think probably more often than not, people are creating LLCs for purchases and don't have existing assets, just like you were saying. So, you know, if you're like an 18-year-old going to buy a house and you have no credit history built up, there's going to be some further inquiry there. Um, Maybe you don't qualify because you don't have sufficient history, assets, whatever. Maybe you need a cosigner. You know, sometimes LLCs need a cosigner and that is you as an individual. But there's still a benefit to having an LLC, even if you need to personally guarantee a loan, because of everything you mentioned at the beginning of the shield from other, like, for example, you get sued in your company. Well, you don't want whoever, if somebody gets a successful judgment against you for a lawsuit, you don't want them coming after your personal assets. So just because the bank has a way to get to you individually when you buy property doesn't mean you want everyone else in the world to have a way to get to you individually. You may elect to kind of let down your shield so that you can borrow money with the lender, but then you're able to keep it in place. Right. As long as that LLC shield is there, they can't come after you personally. Mm-hmm. Only the bank. You're only liable to the bank for yeah. the repayment of the loan when you're co-signing for your LLC. Now, the next question here, are there any differences between signing a personal guarantee versus putting up collateral? Uh, yes. So personal guarantee is me, Tiffany Weber, saying if Thomas and Weber PLLC cannot repay the loan, I'm going to. 
putting up collateral is like, you know, a deed of trust on a house is you saying, all right, if I don't pay back this note, the bank can take the house back in repayment. That's what putting up collateral is. It's like, okay, maybe you're buying a house in the LLC's name or you're buying a commercial property. That may not be sufficient for the bank to feel like they're actually going to get paid back. So they may say, we also want you to put up your house as collateral. Well, okay, maybe you're not saying I, Tiffany Weber, will repay the loan. But if I don't repay the loan, the bank has the commercial property I'm buying and they have my house to go after. Um, So you can limit in in some scope, they have the... um, property being acquired and then whatever other property put up as collateral versus well if the llc doesn't pay it back i got to figure out a way to pay it back right so it's kind of on you yeah yeah it's like limiting the universe a little bit now granted if um they get a deficiency judgment against you there's still a judgment against you but that is kind of like the main difference in uh personal guarantee and collateral now this last one we get this question for llcs and trusts often Will banks let you move property to an LLC after purchasing it with the loan in your personal name at a better rate? What do you think? So we we just had a discussion about this a couple of weeks ago with it was a VA loan. And, you know, most VA loans have a clause in there that, you know, if you transfer it or if you sell it after, then you're going to have to be paying back the full full loan amount. Mm-hmm. But digging with different it just depends on your lender. Because yeah. most lenders, as long as you're making your payments, they don't, as you know, you've been there for a year or so, they don't care if you transfer it over into an LLC name. Mm-hmm. As long as you're making your payments and you're repaying it on time, there's no issues or haven't been issues, most likely they will not call the note due. Mm-hmm. But they can. But they yeah. can. So I always say reach out to your lender or whoever you're, is servicing your loan. Just get it in an email or in just writing form you know, mm-hmm. if you're really a risk taker, verbal is fine. Um, but just a more of assurance that they're not going to immediately recall your note due. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that's uh, that's the critical piece is people ask us all the time, well, can I do this? Your lender's the one that decides, not us. Right. So we can tell you the risks that you're taking if you don't get the proper clearance, but we're not suggesting you don't take the proper, you know, don't, don't go through the proper channels. So the only way you can know for sure is if your lend- if your lender will let you do that is to ask your lender. Right. Um, and when I say that, it seems like so obvious, but people are like, oh, but I don't want to open a can of worms. Right. I don't want to. Well, you'll be <laughs> opening a much worse can of worms if you don't get their permission. So right. um, are you telling me you're going to do it anyway? Is that basically that's what I'm hearing is that you're going to do it whether they let you don't or matter. not. It doesn't matter. Um, but- and in that case, you run the risk of that due on transfer clause being used. And I think the other thing too is, all right, what is the, what's the point of the LLC? What are you doing here? Because it matters too, were you buying it as a primary residence? Did you mislead the lender as to whether it would be your primary residence? That's something called loan fraud. Uh, right. <laughs> and don't do that. So it, I think all of that, I'm not going to say it depends um, because my husband is with an air shot and I'll be like, stop saying that. But there are a lot of factors that go into determining what your lender will allow you to do. The lender would much rather um, get the opportunity to say no or yes than find out after the fact and then have to spend money on and enforcing that due on transfer right. clause. <laughs> well, that is that was the end of the list of questions. Is there anything we left out? I mean, there's a lot to talk about, but we're trying to keep this short in the interest of like drive time, you know. I guess just as a complete process, like how would you go about like opening, just drafting or opening an LLC? Mm -hmm. Like what are the parts, pieces that you need if you wanted to do that? Yeah. So 
I think about if I were to take you through the life cycle of someone calling our office, um, I need an LLC. Okay, cool. There's this intake form to help us figure out, uh, well, what's what do you want to name it? Uh, can't be someone else's LLC name. Um, how many members are there going to be? Um, is the manager going to be a member or is it going to be someone that's not a member? Because that means there's a different operating agreement. Um, all of that goes into helping us draft the articles of organization, which you can file on your own. You don't need an attorney to file this for you. But if you're having an attorney draft the operating agreement, typically they'll do the articles for oh, you as well. Um, so the articles of organization get filed with the Secretary of State. Once you get the filed articles back, um, you're real, you're legit. You get your EIN, whatever you need. You make your S-Corp election with your CPA. But it's strongly recommended if you're filing it yourself that you get an operating agreement because if you're going to be borrowing money, mm -hmm. um, if you're going to open a bank account, if you're going to buy or sell property, you're going to need evidence to those authorities figures of right. who's in charge and what they're allowed to do. How, how it goes about. Uh, yeah. So operating agreement is really the next thing that you should be doing, either concurrently with filing the articles or soon thereafter, so that you can go about and do business without any obstacles or impediments. And then, you know, whenever you, sometimes you'll, you'll have to um, get resolutions signed to say, all right, our operating agreement says all the members have to be in agreement for us to be able to sell property. This resolution is basically saying, hey, all the members got together. We're all signing this to say, yes, we want to sell the property and that's the person who can sign for us um so those are kind of the big things there's some little things i'm omitting but those are like the big tent right. issues yeah thank you for mentioning that because i realized oh we didn't really talk too much about like process how to get there yeah, yeah. well i think that is it for today thank you yes. again for awesome joining. glad to be back yes i'm looking forward to many more so yeah that's it that's another episode of the north carolina real estate show thanks guys for listening we'll catch you in the next episode <laughs>